All right, welcome to Wednesday night. It's good to have you tonight. Come on in and find a seat somewhere. If you're watching on live stream, it's good to have you tonight also. Um, everybody having a good day? Anybody having a good day? Well, that was like a quarter of you, so I hope you all just didn't hear what I said, that everybody's having a good day, right? But it's good to have you tonight. So parents, if you'll corral your kids wherever they're at, make sure they're with you for worship, okay? Uh, a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, before we get going tonight. Uh, first off, this coming Sunday night, Sunday, today's the last day of January. January is like the longest feeling month of the year. How many of you agree with that? So we're moving into February, but February the 4th, this Sunday, we have Youth Hangout Squared at 6 o'clock Sunday night. There'll be some food, worship, a word. It's for 5th through 12th grade. So if you have a 5th through 12th grader, make sure they're here Sunday night at 6 o'clock. That's the first thing. Second thing is next Wednesday night, uh, during church, we have what we call Next Steps. Next Steps is for you if you've been coming to church here and you're like, hey, I think this is my church home. This is my church family. Next Steps sort of integrates you into the church more, tells you more about the church, how we function, uh, our structure, and even tells you a little bit more about small groups and how you can get connected to Dream Team. So uh, if you're interested in Next Steps, that's next Wednesday. Please sign up in the back for that. And during church, Margot and Samara will be handling that. And last but not least, Friday night, March the 1st, from 6 to 9 p.m. is our annual Love Your Marriage Night. So we love that our marriages are strong and thriving, and that night is to help you do that. So we provide dinner, we provide child care, and then we're going to have a night, three sessions of strengthening our marriage. And by the way, the names of the sessions are Unity, Harmony, and Intimacy. That's what we're going to be talking about at Love Your Marriage. So sign up at the back for that. Uh, that way we have enough food for everybody, but we're looking forward to that night. So got all that out. How about we all stand up? How many of you love to be able to come to church on a Wednesday night during the midweek? Let me see. I'm glad you're here too. I love to be here on Wednesdays. Let's worship Jesus together as a family of faith. Blessed assurance Jesus is mine and He's been my fourth man in the fire time after time and born of his spirit and washed in his blood Trust in God. 
that he gives us. Hallelujah. We're doing a new song tonight and it's Jesus have it all. All my heart, my will, my soul. The words are so, so good and it's how I want to live my life and giving him all means giving him control. Are you willing to give him control of your finances, of your loved ones, of your circumstances? 
can tell you that there's no better person to put that control into than his. Amen. So, Lord, we just give you all tonight. Just come, Father. Come and be here with us. Oh, Jesus, have my heart, my will, my soul. Jesus, have my hopes, my dreams, my world. With joy I lay it down, with joy I cast my crown. Jesus, have it all. To you I bring my praise, my lips, my song, a living sacrifice as one reborn your life is now my own your will is what i want jesus have it all oh jesus have it all jesus have it all to you belongs the glory the praise of all the Jesus have it all, Jesus have it all, a blessing and all honor, a majesty and all, Jesus have it all.
just ask you to let the fire fall, to let the wind blow and let your glory come, knowing that you make ways in the desert, Father, that you bring rivers of living water. Father, we just ask you to come, come into our situations, Lord. And Lord, be it, let us be like we're in a river, holding our box of troubles, God, and we just let it go and let you take it from us. Knowing that you take things so, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far you can move our transgressions from us. They don't meet, the ends don't meet. Just have it all, Lord. Anything that we've been holding on to, any situation that we've allowed to get into our, into our headspace where it's unhealthy, God, we just say, take it. you just to give any burden that you have to him because he's the one who will see you through amen well, we're glad to have you here with us if you would just go around and greet some of your family of faith and children you are dismissed
Good to see everybody tonight. I will give everybody a chance to get their kids checked into Kids Church and get back up to us. And I'm looking forward to the things that we announced before church. The youth hangout tonight at 6 o'clock, or Sunday night at 6 o'clock. And then Love Your Marriage coming up on March the 1st. And lots of good stuff happening. So make sure you are a part of all those things. If you would, if you have a tithe or offering tonight, you can prepare those. And we'll take that up in just a moment. So you can get that ready. And... Um, a uh, little, little side announcement, while I'm thinking about it, I'll just say this, but I'll throw it out, and I'll remember to do it closer to time. Saturday, Saturday, February the 17th, we're going to have a bit of a work day here at the church, and there's going to be things for, no matter what skill level you got, we can use you that day. And I know it's a dangerous thing to say, but it's true. All the way from just, just wiping walls down to hanging some things that we got to in a couple cabinets together we got for kids church i mean there's all sorts of stuff happening that day so saturday february 17th at nine in the morning and if i can talk tish into it we'll have a little food when you come in but i haven't told her yet so i just put her on the spot so anyways uh that's saturday february 17th nine in the morning and we'll be here just for a few hours just doing some work and what, what it does is it preps us for spring cleaning then and then when spring comes and we have outside work, the mulching and all that kind of stuff, and, and once we wipe the walls down that day, we'll know what we need painted and touched up before the summer hits. So we're into our, we're heading towards our spring cleaning day. But that's Saturday, February 17th, 9 in the morning. So if you can come be a part of that, that'd be incredible. All right, uh, for your giving, uh, we appreciate your giving. And let me just pray over it. So if you have something, you can bring it down. Lord, we thank you uh, to continue in our worship as we give. Lord, uh, you are wonderful. You are good. And, and you're so good to us. And we thank you that it shows up in so many different ways, including provision in our lives, Lord. And you are always the God who goes before us. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. So if you have something, bring it on down. And if you have your Bibles, you can open it to 1 Timothy chapter number 2. And uh, we just finished up last week our 21 days of prayer that we started off our year with. But we've been taking Wednesday nights and talking about prayer. So I'm, I'm going to finish up uh, talking about prayer. We've been hitting some different uh, subjects concerning prayer in the month of January. Uh, next, next Wednesday... We're going to start a series on the fruit of the Spirit on Wednesday nights, which will last uh, February and March. And believe it or not, uh, in March is Easter. We got the early Easter this year. March 31st is Easter. That's, that's already uh, coming down the pipe. Uh, this coming Sunday, Pastor Rick Burks will be here with you. So it'll be a blessed day, and I'm going to be uh, preaching at the Botkins campus, and Pastor Rick will be here Sunday morning. I know he's got a good word. He was just overseas on a, on a trip, and... And he's just full of a lot of stuff right now. So I'm looking forward to him coming with you Sunday so you're aware of that. All right, so prayer. First Timothy chapter 2 is a couple aspects of prayer I want to talk to you about tonight. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1. It says, first of all, then, Paul writing to Timothy, who was a leader in the church in Ephesus, I urge you uh, that supplications... Prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. And he, then he goes on to maybe highlight some. For kings, 
and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And this is good and is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to knowledge of the truth, for there is one God, okay, and so forth. So, so remember, your prayer life is never to be self-focused only. You should present your request to him. We talked about this last week. But your prayer life should never be just self-focused. There's a lot of your prayer life that should actually be outward-focused, in other words, towards others. Now, uh, notice he highlights their kings and those in authority. Let me just say this. Um, you may not agree with those who are in authority over you, but you should pray for them. We're in an election year this year. Did you guys know that yet? If you don't know it now, you will know it soon. Whether or not you agree or like the outcome of whatever happens with our election, and you don't have to agree with policies, you don't have to agree with anything, but the believer prays for them. Amen? And, and your attitude shows up in a lot with things like that, okay? But beyond just figures of authority, we are people who, and, and the word I want to focus in the little list Paul made there is intercessions. That part of what we do for other people is intercede for them. The word intercede is this. It is to intervene on behalf of someone else. That's one word, one way you could look at the word intercession. That you intervene on behalf of somebody else. And one way that you can intervene on behalf of somebody else is to pray for them. So one thing that we do when regards to other people is that we intercede for another, for a person, and we are stepping in and intervening on their behalf to God. Now, now, why is that? Well, here, here's just some different uh, reasons why. You know, there are some times that there are people that simply in the moments of life really can't pray for themselves. True. They, 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 are, they are just so bound up in something that they don't know what to do or how to do it. And even if they were to go to God, they're so bound that they don't even know what to say. Now, that person is not lost and destitute by themselves if somebody isn't praying for them because God is with them and he understands. But what better yet that somebody knows them is actually interceding and intervening for them in that time, right? So in other words, one thing that we do is when we pray for another is we help bear their burdens in interceding for them. So uh, when you tell somebody, how many of you ever told somebody you're going to pray for them? Please do when you tell them that. Don't be a bunch of empty. That's the Christian thing to do. I'll pray for you. And you never think about it again. So you see them again. I've been praying for you, and you just lie like a dog. You haven't been praying at all. Then you need to pray for yourself and ask for forgiveness for lying. And then not doing what you said you'd do. The Bible says, let your yes be yes, and your no be no, and anything else comes from the evil one. That's what Jesus said. So, and by the way, it's the Christian thing to do is say, I pray for you, then do nothing more. That's not what we're saying. You intercede and help where you can beyond that. 
But when you say you're going to pray for somebody, actually pray for them, okay? Because people need our prayers. We also will intercede for those that we care for, those that we love for, whether or not they're in the midst of trial and, and circumstance, family and friends and so forth. Well, we should be interceding for those that are in our family of faith. Look around the room right now. Everybody put your head on a swivel and look around. Go ahead and do that for me. Yeah, you can wave. You can smile. I hope you're smiling. No, no nasty looks right now. This, if you come to church here, this is your family of faith locally. This is the body of Christ locally that meets. You should be interceding for this group of people, whether by name or in general. Why? Because as a family of faith, we are to help one another. One way we do it is praying for one another. Uh, we intercede for those we love that may not know Jesus as their Savior. Again, family, friends, co-workers, acquaintances that you, you know that we are intervening on their behalf, that somehow, some way, in the circumstances of light, the, the scales are dropped from their eyes and they come and give their life to Jesus. Okay? In other words, there is a lot of different reasons why we to intercede for somebody. The fact is that we should be interceding for other people. I tell you what, even in some of the worst moments of your life, one of the best things you can do is pray for somebody else. Because if you can believe enough to pray for somebody else, you can believe enough that somebody's praying for you. And if you believe enough to pray that way, then you believe God's going to do something. It helps keep you in faith. So your prayer life should never be selfishly motivated. Only. Now again, um, that you never earn self-neglect in your spiritual growth. But yet... When you learn to love God with everything you have, heart, soul, mind, and strength, he'll teach you how to love your neighbors yourself. And you only ever fully love your neighbors yourself when impartially you'll do things like pray for them. By the way, you know the test case of loving your neighbor is to love your who? Your enemy. And Jesus even said, love your enemies and, listen, what he said, and pray Pray for those who persecute you. That's a big lesson right there. That you would actually intercede for somebody that's against you. That God would show up and lightning bolt them into a grease spot? No. That God would bless them and bring them to salvation if they're not saved or, or bring a resolution to whatever the problem is. Pray for those who persecute you. Amen. So in other words... A lot is said about how you pray from the state of your heart, and a lot is said about how you pray for other people and who you pray for. So one thing you can do, and we, we have these available. I know we've been running out of them uh, from 21 Days of Prayer. We have these, uh, what is that, aqua blue or whatever that is, blue little cards. And on the back of it, there's 10 spaces where you put 10 names of people to keep in consistent prayer, intercede for them. Then you stick this in your Bible, because I know you read your Bible every day, so every day when you open your Bible, it's right there. As a matter of fact, use it as the bookmark for your reading in your Bible. I was not saying that sarcastically at all, I promise you. 
Now, and then pop this out and read for these, pray for these names. It's just to help so that we are people who are minded about others. For instance, as a family of faith, what greater thing can we do to constantly, you, you think, you think our church, if we, imagine the strength of this church when we are constantly praying for one another. And they don't even know it. Right? Imagine the strength of your family, your spouse and your kids, if as a family you're praying for one another. Right? Imagine, imagine the strength of the bonds of your friendships if the basis of your friendships is you pray for one another. See what I'm getting at? And we pray in general, but then all of a sudden, when we know of a need that pops up, man, as a family of faith, we jump on it in prayer. And we keep covering, we keep covering. Or, or in your family, you're covering things in prayer. Or for your friends, you're covering things in prayer. Or, or, or your coworker didn't even know it, but you've been praying for their salvation for so long because you just believe God's going to break through. How many of you ever heard a story something like, the reason I'm a Christian today is because my grandma prayed for me? How many of you ever heard a story like that? Grandma was interceding for that person. And there, there was an effect. So as a body of believers, let's be people who intercede for each other. Now, there are some people within a family of faith that specifically have a burden of intercession. We call those people intercessors. Ever hear that term? That person is an intercessor. And they just have a, a unique burden for others in situations, and they spend a lot of time praying for things like that. And there, I, I believe there's a certain gifting that comes with those things. If that's your gifting, then pray, and, and pray with all your might. Amen. God, God, God's using you in those things. But let me just make one comment. The reason I say this and make this comment is, for those of you that have a burden of intercession, don't let the burden grind you out. Because the burden of intercession can be heavy because you're constantly interceding for the needs of others, and that can wear you out. So I know I've shared this before, but it's pertinent to this point, is one of the things that I learned about being a pastor years and years ago that saved me from burning out was I can't fix any of you. And I learned it's not my job. Because I can't. Who fixes you? The Holy Spirit. Jesus, God. You said it all. It's all, all of them. So, whose job is it to fix you? The Holy Spirit. Amen? So once I realized that, it, 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 it relieved the burden of me to do what I'm called to do, but then allow him to do what he's supposed to do and me not try to get in the way. And it's the same thing with interceding. You're called to pray, but you're not called to carry the burden to fix it. Because when you're interceding a lot for, and, and listen to me, people go through real live heavy stuff, right? It's there. And, and when you carry that burden of prayer for those things, if you think then, then uh, you have to be the one fixing it because you pray, you're missing the point. We pray so we, we uh, open circumstances for God to do what only he can do. 
So you kind of put that burden on him. And he, he's the one that carries it anyways. So if, if you have the intercessory heart, pray as you're called to pray, but don't carry the burden of the problems. I just want to throw that out to you, okay? Now, there's a second part of uh, interceding that I wanted to throw out to you, and I'm going to shift gears. These are related, but I, I want to talk to you for a couple minutes about in your prayer life speaking in tongues, okay? So go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I, I just want to show you something. I want to talk to you about it for a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And you can just go to verse number one. We'll get there in a second. As a church, we believe in the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in our world. Amen. And just say it like this. So if you have a physical ailment, we believe that we can pray and God can answer our prayers. That is an, uh, an example of the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in our world. We believe that the Lord still imparts words of wisdom. We believe that God still imparts words of knowledge, right? These are all ongoing activities of the Holy Spirit. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. Okay, so in other words, we should know about these things. Now jump over to uh, verse 4. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them in everyone. Now watch this. I want to say this. This is very important. Notice that who is the one that empowers this? God. And how does he do it? Through the activity of the Holy Spirit. Right? So as we read these things right here, this is the work of God in the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I say that because there's nothing in this list that to God is weird or extra spiritual or out of control or nothing that is not of the activity of the Spirit, right? Let's read these real quick. Let's go down through them. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, so therefore the good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguished between spirits. Now watch this. To another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Okay, so in salvation you were saved, but there is a subsequent work of the infilling of the Holy Spirit that we see in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit falls, remember the story, the Holy Spirit falls on those that were in the upper room praying, and they came out, and what happens? They started speaking in tongues that were unknown to them. Remember the story in the Bible? But what happened was there were people there that's going, hey, wait a minute, that is my native tongue. And, and what they were doing, they were, they were glorifying God in the unknown tongue that was coming for them that people recognized as their tongue. An amazing story. Pentecost marked the beginning of what we call the church age. The church age goes forth until Jesus comes again. So we today are still in what's called the church age. 
And because of that, we believe in the ongoing activity of the gifts of the Spirit, which we just read until Jesus comes again. All right? Now, notice within that, there is listed there various kinds of tongues. And, and it's important to say that because when the infilling Spirit happens in a believer's life, you are open to moving in the gifts of the Spirit as the Holy Spirit wills in moments. And part of what he wills are various kinds of tongues. And that word various is important because there are different workings of tongues. It's not all the same thing. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. We just said one. They come out of the upper room, and they're speaking in tongues, unknown to them, by the Holy Spirit. And people said, hey, that's my language. That, that's an example of a various kind of tongues. Now, how many of you have ever been in church here and somebody came down and I gave them the microphone and they gave a word of encouragement? How many have ever been here for that? Okay, that is what we call a word of prophecy. And, and prophecy in the context of this church is encouragement. That's what it's for. So somebody came down here and they're like, well, I read my Bible study the other day. I say, hey, that's not for right now. That's not a prophecy of encouragement you're trying to teach, and that's my job. All right? What also can happen in the same moment is somebody come down and give an utterance of tongues. But then the response is that somebody here will interpret what that is, or it's just something, okay, that was great, but it means nothing to us. So that is a various kind of tongues, tongues with an interpretation with the edification of the church. That's a various kinds of tongue. There's another various kinds of tongue that has to do with the edification of your life and your prayer life, which is why I'm talking about this. So go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14 and verse number 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. You see that? But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Okay, so, and we'll just keep on reading then. And the one who prophesies is the greater one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so the church may be built up. So the utterance of tongues in the church is not appropriate unless there's interpretation with it. Okay? But in your own personal prayer time, Paul says there that when you pray in tongues, it actually edifies you. What is happening is, in those moments, in the utterance of the Holy Spirit, a tongues come forth that's unknown to you. You don't manufacture it. You don't think it up. You don't make it up. It comes forth with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, in effect, is interceding for you, edifying you. And how many know if the Holy Spirit's edifying you, that's a good thing? Who better than to edify you than the Holy Spirit? Amen. That is a various kind of tongues, and there's actually more. Maybe sometime we'll, we'll do a, a study on the various kinds of tongues that we find in the Bible. So, speaking in tongues during your private prayer time is allowing the Holy Spirit to edify you with words that you don't understand, and that is good. So, I would encourage you to practice the edification of the Holy Spirit in your life, in your private prayer time, by praying in tongues. But that it's not forced, you don't make it up, but it's, it's just something that wells up inside of you as you're praying, and you just let it come out, okay? Now, here, here's a couple things. First of all, 
this kind of a, a, a teaching, because it may seem weird to people, this is odd. Well, did God institute this? Is it odd then? No, because it's of him. So, so you got to take that out of your mind. I think some people shy away from this because they've seen some over-the-edge fleshly stuff within the charismatic and Pentecostal churches, and it was over-the-edge over and fleshly, so we, we kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't do that, okay? And thirdly, I think some people shy away from this because you prayed for the infilling of the Spirit, but you never experienced it, so you're just frustrated it's never happened. Don't be frustrated. These things come in time. Now, does everybody experience this? Well, th there's a couple of different ways to think about this. Paul at the end of, let me see, get my chapter right. Uh, Paul at the end of chapter 12, let, let's go there. Let's go to uh, verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now, you are the body of Christ, individually members of it, and God has appointed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. So he's just, it's just sort of a random list of different uh, ways we work together as the body. Now watch what he says. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess the gifts of healing? Now, those are rhetorical questions. So the answer is what? No. Not everybody's an apostle, not everybody's a teacher. But notice what he puts on the list there. Do all possess, or do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts? Now, some people read that and they say, well, that means not everybody will, in the infinite spirit, have evidence of that in speaking in tongues. That can be taken as the ordinance as we work together as a church right? So what I think and I believe is, is that if speaking in tongues in your private prayer life is the edification of the Holy Spirit, that is not something that I would say is just for one and not the other, because that is a good work of God in your life. Not everybody will come and give a tongues interpretation in the church, because not everybody's an apostle to the church, not everybody's a teacher to the church, not everybody works in administration in the church, Okay, church ordinance. But yet, if Paul is saying, he actually says, I desire everyone would do so, speak in tongues, then what I would say in this, if in the infilling of the Spirit is happening in your life, be open to the experience of praying in tongues, and as it comes forth, it will come forth. Don't force it, don't be frustrated about it, but allow it to happen in your life, because if it does, it is a good thing. As we intercede for one another in our prayers, then the Holy Spirit intercedes and edifies us. And that's wonderful. So somebody would ask me, just privately practicing for myself, do I speak in tongues every time I pray? No. Do I often? Yes. In my private prayer time. Right? Why? Because I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do for me. Okay? So the encouragement is this, two things. A, and we'll go back to interceding for other people. A, if what I said, you're just going, what in the world are you talking about? Infilling the Holy Spirit, oh, come to me afterwards. I'll talk to you more about it. B, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and want to, come on down and we'll pray for you. It's, 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 it's of asking, as is salvation. 
and see if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you never spoke in tongues. Listen, don't be weirded out by it. But in your private prayer time, if you ever feel something welling up inside you, just let it come out. And the Holy Spirit will, and, and you'll be, what in the world did I just say? I, I didn't recognize that. That was the Holy Spirit interceding for you. Okay? And in other words, I think when it comes to things like this, we make it too hard. If somebody comes down with sickness in their body and says, I would like prayer, we believe that the gifts of healing are still active today. And we don't make it hard. We say, let's pray. Right? We don't make it hard. When somebody comes down to give an encouragement of prophecy to the church, we don't make it hard. I just, when people do this, I say, share what's in your heart and then stop. Don't start to teach on it. Don't start to preach it. Say what you feel you're saying and stop. If it's right, good. If it's not, okay. If it's terrible, I'll talk about it. But don't make it hard. Same thing with something like this. We, we make it too hard because, well, it, it seems weird or, or extra spiritual or something. No, no, no. It is an active work of God that should be normal within the church body. Amen? So allow yourself the opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to intercede for you. Okay, so pray for other people. Make it a priority. Make a list. Pray for your family. If you're married and you're not praying for your spouse, what are you doing? How many of you guys are getting the marriage minutes? Anybody get them? The very first one was, if you're not praying for your spouse, what are you doing? Pray for your spouse. You got kids and you're not praying for your kids, what are you doing? All of my kids are out of the house. One of them is married. One of them's got a baby coming. I still pray for them like they're my, my toddlers, man. I pray for them every day. I'll never stop. Pray for my wife every day. Now, as a pastor, you expect me to, but I pray for you guys all the time. Not just as a group. I, I pray for you by name. I actually have, uh, I told you this before, I have flashcards like you use in school. And I've written, everybody who comes here, your name and your kids' names are on a flashcard. I do it so I can learn your names, A, and B, especially your kids, and B, because there's a million of them running around here, but B, I just go through, I pray for each one of you. Why? I want to intercede for you. Then, then I've, I've got family back in Pennsylvania that I don't see much. I pray for them. You see what I'm saying? Pray for people. It's a calling in our life as believers, Okay. And B, in your private prayer time, allow the Holy Spirit opportunity to pray for you. Amen? Okay, so let me close with that. It is 7.55. So what I want you to do for a couple of moments is I want you to practice what we were just saying. I want you to think about, and, and if you have something to write with, everybody's got a phone, and your phone, you got a little thing called notes. Pop that sucker open, okay? And I want you to write names down of people that you just right now, you know, I need to pray for that person. I need to, have you ever been woken up in the middle of the night thinking about somebody's name? Why do you think that happened? I'm telling you, I'm probably, because right then you're supposed to pray for them. You know, one time, you can go practice this while I'm talking. I'm rambling, but I'm giving you a moment to write some names down. There, there was a, a girl in this story. Do I have any kids in here? Okay. Oh, okay, let me say it this way. There was a girl in the youth group over at Botkin's church, and it was like a 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, and her name came to my mind. I said, you know what? And I prayed for her. And next time, I said, you know what? 
Saturday night at 10 o'clock, and I prayed for you. She goes, well, I'm glad you did. And I won't tell you the rest of the story, but she said, you know, the Holy Spirit convicted me right at that moment. You just, you just never know why a name drops in your heart in that moment to pray for him. So write, write some names down and make it a regular practice to pray for other people. Amen? All right, so I'm going to pray and close out service. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and, and you'd like to, I want you to come down and, and we'll pray with you. Or maybe if you have a question about the tungsten, come on down. I'd love to answer it. But let's close out in prayer tonight and uh, be back at church Sunday morning, okay? Lord, we thank you to be able to come together on a Wednesday night, the middle of the week, and spend time together and worship and the word and, and to be built up together. Now, I pray for each one of us here tonight, their hearts are encouraged that they're strengthened in you, Lord. I pray that the biggest need they are facing in their life, that you know, they know, they know, they know that you are there, you hear, and you're responding. I pray each one of us here tonight that we never feel alone, that we always know you're right here with us. I pray for those that are struggling financially, that you open up doors of, of blessing to see them through. I pray for those that are struggling physically to heal their body in the name of Jesus for your glory. I pray, Lord, for those that, that need healing in relationships, Lord, that you are the reconciler bringing us to you. But, Lord, you show that model to how they can be reconciled to one another. Heal hurts in Jesus' name. I pray for those that, that feel like they're, they're a little lost right now, the fog, they're, they're, they're just stuck out somewhere in the fog in the middle of nowhere, Lord, that, that the light shines and a way is shown for them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray against any working and scheme and plan of the devil to anybody in this church. We bind it and we loose them from it in the name of Jesus. I pray there's discernment for them in those areas and they're able to stand up and deal with it in Jesus' name. And they stand in your authority. And we thank you for that. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that, that we leave here tonight. We're a light for you at the end of January, a light for you in our communities, our workplaces, and our families. In Jesus' name. And above all things, Lord, in our prayer, we glorify you and we thank you and we lift you high, high and lifted up. That you draw us to him. That's the work of the cross, but you continually bring us to you because of that. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. So if, you, if you'd like more prayer tonight, come on down. We'd love to spend a moment with you. Be blessed as you go. We'll see you Sunday morning.